Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I was already caught up on this, so we'll just jump right into this uh, teacher-student type situation we got going on here. Uh, and this week I'm joined by one of my uh, students, quote-unquote here, a co-host and friend, and the man who doesn't have a bullseye on his back anymore, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? relieved like i can actually go out in public now so that's nice that's good and for those that might be confused i'm referring to one of hawkeye's greatest villains uh bullseye the guy that you know does a lot of marvel things and shoots things real well so the, the colin farrell version where the bullseye is tattooed on his head or, i think it's branded isn't it branded yeah there you go yeah that yep that one that definitely that guy <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um, and this week we are joined again by one of our consistent uh, guest hosts and again, one of our friends and the man that I can ask this week. Hey, Kevin, what if? Hello, I know. Back to back. Look at me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm here to answer the question of uh, what if a 32 year old man uses his Monday and Tuesday afternoons to catch up on a cartoon series? Hey, and... hey, animated, animated. <laughs> yes. But thank you. I'm happy to be here again. So close to the last time. Perfect. We're happy to have you again. So close to the last time. And not talking about Snyder or talking about a terrible movie. I know. Well, now I feel like it's been so long that I can't even make that joke anymore. We got to get a <laughs> Snyder movie in here so I can keep that up. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Go rewatch some uh, some Snyder movies. Some three hundred, maybe. <laughs> I still actually, I, I I might have admitted this before. I still have not seen three hundred in my life. Still, still. My God. I was gonna say we should do uh, uh, what's that Owl one? Guardians of Glove. Oh yeah, I also have not seen Guardians. Owls of Gahul. Owls of Gahul. Hmm. <laughs> Owls of, yeah, I think you're right. Go, go, something like that. <laughs> Guardians is in the name too, though. It's like Guardians, Owls. Guardians. I just keep going. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians of the Multiverse. Galhu, Galhul. Oh, it's yes. Legend of the Legend. Guardians. There you go. The Owls of Galhul. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. Hard. We couldn't get that off the top of our head. Like we all said one of the right words. <laughs> the best part too is as I'm typing it in, trying to look it up, I started, uh, you know, Google, I was like guardians of, and then I started typing uh, G and it was so like guardians of the galaxy. Right. And I'm like, no. And then it was like, do you mean guardians G A U L? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's probably how you spell the whole probably. <laughs> no, it is not. It's like G A. <laughs> apostrophe h o o l e and i was like i'm never gonna get that i will come back for an owls of gold <laughs> podcast <laughs> i think the only Zack snyder movies i've seen we joke a lot but i've only seen dawn of the dead watchmen and the, the snyder cut of justin league of uh, justice league and army of the dead i guess as well let me see yeah you're missing out on so many there's 300 oh, so and many. man of steel Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Don't forget Sucker Punch. Oh, yeah. Sucker Punch. That I've seen Sucker Punch. Yeah. 
Um, I missed that one. So I've seen Sucker Punch. Well, in the boring. in theaters, oddly enough, I saw it in theaters too. <laughs> I twenty one year old us were the target audience of that probably. <laughs> I guess it works then. Sure, Apparently, I he can't... did music videos too, so I might have seen some of these music videos. Oh, and fun thing, uh, tie into our last week's episode, uh, Oscar Isaacs is in that movie, Soccer Punch. <laughs> Wait, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. Blue Jones. I mean, never would have guessed. <laughs> John Hamm is in that movie? Oh my god. Okay, sorry, we could continue. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. We're talking about Marvel Ketchup, not a <laughs> interesting filmography <laughs> and actors. Of our favorite director, Zack Snyder. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, this week we're gonna. This is our our second part um, to our two parter on the Marvel catch up stuff, where we're just talking about all the uh, Marvel things that we have missed recently. Um, just because at this point it's it's been a while since we talked about Marvel things. Not really. Um, but we're gonna be talking about the. Uh, animated series uh what if on uh, and also the uh mini series hawkeye um both that came out on disney plus because that's where marvel lives now so um and this week uh i think we'll start with jesse because like i said before i'm the teacher in this situation so i get to call on one of the students who i feel is probably least prepared sick burn <laughs> jesse I, mean, I was looking away from the teacher during that because I did not want to be picked on. So, can I have like five more minutes with a pencil in the back of the class, and then nope, nope. That pencils down, pencils uh, down. Ah, uh, fine, fine, fine. No. I mean, the real reason I'm calling on you, Jesse, is because you actually uh, uh, had texted Kevin and I, and we're like talking about how ready you were and how excited you were to yeah. talk about this. So that's actually because I let's 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 kick this I, off. Can I talk about that really quick for a second? Yeah, because I, I think I mentioned it last week. But as soon as I finished Hawkeye, I texted Jesse and was like, "Hey, have you seen Hawkeye?" Because I want to talk about it. And you were like, "No, I haven't." And I'm like, "I need you. I need you to to watch it." And you're like, "I will." And that was like December, and it still took all of this. And then as soon as you finished it, you texted us. You're like, "Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this." Oh, so you've been feeling that way for six months? Yeah. <laughs> and and now I now I'm gonna have to get some help to remember why I want to talk to you about this. <laughs> well, we'll see if I can connect the dots for you and yeah. get back up to speed. Hawkeye, uh, where where would you like me to start, Michael? I mean, why were you so excited to talk to us about it? I guess is <laughs> the real reason. Or uh, I mean, do you want to start from the beginning and we can work our way through? Um, your choice. Um, well, I guess I was really amped up to air my thoughts about Hawkeye, the 2021 TV series, um, because I think it underscores a lot of the things that are wrong with the MCU right now. And I think also highlights some of the concerns fans have about specific characters being brought in to this greater universe while also i think ultimately it had a, a good premise 
and some things that I was really enjoying that I felt were squandered by the last episode. So it was a bit of a roller coaster for me. Um, and I, I was kind of angry after this because <laughs> yes. we, angry Jesse. Yes. <laughs> because I felt like they had something that they could have really capitalized on and made maybe not special because there's not a lot of, not a lot of like peak content coming out of this phase four, but at the very least, I think more reminiscent of the consistency we've, we've come to know from the MCU in the past, at least when it comes to certain characters. So yeah, I just, I got a little, I was a little irritated. And then the more I thought about it, the more angry I got about it. So I guess we'll just start with the fact that uh, I've always liked the the street level uh, of Marvel, uh, the street heroes, um, and I was a big fan of the Netflix series, uh, especially Daredevil, and I thought the first season of Jessica Jones was really good as well. And I've also always been intrigued by these spy thrillers that they can do with you know the more espionage and you know political aspects of the MCU. I think I don't know it just appeals to me maybe because it's a little more a little more grounded and contained than the galaxy conquest portion of Marvel can be. Um, so I, I was intrigued by this show and I, I liked that it picked up certain storylines from before. I like that we have one of the last remaining OG Avengers who literally has seen his team's like first yeah, you know, first mission, first outing together, now be parodied on stage and uh, come full circle that way. And first of all, Michael, the musical numbers, did you love them? <laughs> no, I hated them. They were so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> they were really dumb. I don't think Hawkeye and or Jeremy Renner enjoyed it much either, but I think that was kind of the point. Um, and just being faced with, you know, his guilt and his trauma over what happened to Natasha and the fact that, you know, Stark is dead, Cap is retired, Thor is doing whatever Thor is doing, and Hulk can't figure out if he's Banner or Hulk or somewhere in between. Um, so everybody's kind of that team is, you know, scattered and gone. And I, I find it interesting that Hawkeye is kind of the one left to pick up the pieces of all that. Um, I like the poor guy has a fucking hearing aid now because he's been in too many battles. So that I thought was probably a pretty realistic outcome to what would actually happen to a normal person who fights in all those, those throwdowns. But um, I liked... Um, where he started, I like the idea of bringing in Elena, who has, you know, her own ulterior motive and quest for vengeance because she thinks Clint's responsible for what happened to Natasha. And I like that they brought Haley Steinfeld into this. I, th I think a lot of people probably just know her as a pop star or as, you know, one of the girls from Pitch Perfect or what have you. But I mean, one of her first roles was 
True Grit, you know, the Coen brothers and op- acting on opposite of, you know, Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and uh, Josh Brolin and having to be an independent, young independent woman in that scene. Um, and then also her work in Edge of Seventeen, I think she's shown that she does have some dramatic range. So I thought it was good to bring her in and provide some new blood in the MCU. And I, I also like the idea of, you know, a normal person uh, idolizing the only guy in the Avengers that doesn't really have any superpowers. And I guess the only man, I would say, because Natasha didn't either. But uh, um, so I, there's a lot of things working for me here. And I, I won't say it was my favorite <laughs> TV show I've ever watched or anything like that, or even my favorite MCU stuff. But uh, I was, you know, surprised by how watchable I found the first, you know, four or five episodes. And, uh, you know, it's set at Christmas, so I, all the Christmas backdrops and the songs, I mean, that's fine. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I thought this, I like that we're kind of advancing some story threads here and actually picking up the pieces and, and trying to move this thing in a cohesive direction. And then we get to the end, fellas, and it kind of kind of all fell apart, which was disappointing and infuriating in a few different ways. Right. Okay. Do you mind, teacher, do you mind if I jump in? Go for it. No, please. <laughs> No, I think what what you, uh, you you said a lot there, but I think at the end you kind of said somewhat surprised by how uh, entertaining it was, at least in the beginning. I definitely felt the same way. I came into this. I've, I've texted Jesse a few times to his annoyance about my disdain for Hawkeye, at least in the MCU. I, I've read yeah. some comics, like I read the I read part of the comic that this was based off of, and I actually enjoyed it, but like. In the MCU, I've never, I've never uh, felt anything for Hawkeye. My biggest annoyance was after or during Infinity War when everyone was like, "Oh, where is Hawkeye?" Like when all the trailers were dropping, and everyone was like super worried about Hawkeye. I, I, I hated that. I hated everything about it. Like I was not <laughs> concerned about this guy. Like I did not care. So I definitely was not the target audience when I came into this. But I honestly found myself enjoying it a lot more than I thought. And yeah, I, I, but I definitely think it stumbled at the end. Um, I think um, Haley Steinfeld did a great job. I, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed Florence Pugh's uh, role as well. I think she carries anything that she's in. <laughs> Any scene that Yelena's in is is great. Um, and it was nice. I feel like now that I look back on it, it's almost nostalgic, even though it's only been you know six months. But it feels like the last piece of like what still fits into the MCU as I know it. You know, like I feel like. Loki did a pretty good job. I know they did a lot of multiverse or timeline stuff that was a little out of it, but it still felt like it was within what I was used to at the MCU. Um, WandaVision, you know, still came from the stuff of the MCU and, and Hawkeye definitely f- fits in. And like ever since then, I feel like we've really moved away to focus solely on this idea of a multiverse and like away from, you know, everything that we've already built up. So it was kind of nice to see that. um but as somebody who hasn't seen the street level uh seasons of daredevil and jessica jones on netflix um i i I think i started daredevil i haven't seen it all um 
you know, the the big twist of the Kingpin being in it was kind of lost on me. I didn't even realize that was like, you know, the same actor. And I and like honestly, I was not. I feel this is a hot take apparently now, but I was not impressed with him as Kingpin. Like I did not know that it was the same Kingpin from the Daredevil series. So it was my introduction to him, and I was like, who who is this Joker, for lack of a better term? Um, but apparently that's not. I mean, apparently he does really great in the Daredevil series. So I don't know about that, but I was not feeling it. Um, so it definitely didn't land well, but I, I really do feel like I, there was times where I was just having fun with the show, a lot more fun than I expected. Um, and it left a relatively good taste in my mouth, which is just a huge surprise for somebody who doesn't care for Hawkeye. And of course, I think the meta of them all kind of making fun of Hawkeye, you know, yeah. was definitely like targeted at people like me. So that was that was fun um but yeah and i also enjoyed seeing kate bishop as like somebody who's young and growing up in the avenger world and idolizing the you know one without superpowers and i even enjoyed her being like a little rich girl who like had a lot of um privilege but she's trying to use it for better i thought that was interesting commentary that i wasn't expecting from a disney plus series <laughs> yeah a character like that who's very naive but very gung-ho about taking up the mantle and joining this fight can become very grating very quickly. And as someone who can wear out their welcome fast, but I never really got that from her. I think that's a credit to her acting and the good portion of the writing that was in this show. Yeah, um, her energy seemed at a good state where it was like, she was excited about it and kind of fanboy, but also like, obviously talented and skilled enough to be taken seriously eventually yeah. yeah well and i liked i thought it was cool they didn't spend a lot of time on her origin story they just in that first episode kind of gave the overview while they were doing the opening credits which i thought was smart since we only have six episodes um and that was i thought the the editing and all that there was pretty cool to look at um and then, yeah, then it's just kind of the rest of it is her, you know, her first outing, you know, trying to uh, take up take up the fight with her hero. So it's it was good. Um, Michael, what, what, do you, what do you think so far? Yeah, I, uh, it's interesting listening to you guys talk about kind of the thought process and feelings you had as the series was going on. Um, I... I enjoy Hawkeye, the comic book character. Uh, I enjoy, um, you know, some of the other characters that they alluded to. Um, this was another one of those ones where I was just like, oh, that thing. And it was like pointing at pointing things out and talking about it with Lindsay. And she was just like, I don't. Uh, OK, you're having fun. That's that's what matters in this situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> and because I was like, oh, the guy, I was like the guy with the mustache. That's swordsman. Like, and she's like, "What?" And I was like, "He's like a bad guy, but also not a bad guy. But then also, he's part of like one of the worst, one of what I think is one of the worst storylines ever. Uh, the Celestial Madonna, I think it is what the yeah Celestial Madonna, where he like dies and comes back as a tree dude and and uh, has sex with Mantis to make a guy that's like Jesus tree. And she's <laughs> like, "What are you talking whoa, whoa. about?" <laughs> Wait, was that is that her stepdad that you're talking about? Yeah. Hello, Salamanca. Yes. Yeah, well. he's, he's also part of the Salamanca cartel, Michael, on top of all that. Yes. <laughs> but in the comics, 
he even like uh is like this guy that like partner like uh he's like kind of a step stepbrother to uh clint and they like train in the same circus and he goes bad and then gets better but he's just like he's like the hawkeye with swords and that's like his stick um so i was i was like look at that mustache like because he's got a pretty awesome mustache in the comics as well so i was really excited that they were like we're gonna have this guy have a mustache yeah i'm glad that they brought that consistency <laughs> yeah exactly it's those small things that like make nerds go oh yes like um when they have sandman wearing the exact same shirt that oh, he wears yeah. in the comics mm -hmm. you're just like yep that tastes good um i think it's interesting though like uh the perspective because i didn't really get into the um netflix uh as you as jesse's saying the street level um hero stuff i watched daredevil season i think i watched all of daredevil in season one sorry i watched all of daredevil season one i watched luke cage most of it if i remember correctly this is where it's so long ago i never got into jessica jones um just because i don't unfortunately really like the character um and it's just maybe just because of the stories i know about like the character and kind of what they did to her and they, they try to redeem it's just the whole thing um and uh i watched like the first few episodes of iron fist and was like wow this is this is hot trash i now know why people are saying this is hot trash cool and i kind of just had a feeling for it but i did know that um this kingpin was the same kingpin from that netflix series uh and so that was kind of fun in like seeing him he felt weird to me i remember him being much more menacing in the in uh uh, Luke Cage. That was his first appearance, right? Jesse was as the, or am I misremembering? No, it was in Daredevil. It was in Daredevil. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I remember him being much more menacing and less odd. I would I say think, in I, that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because he felt so weird to me. It did not he, feel right, and I, but I had no, you know, I had no bearings of what he was supposed to be. I just did not think he was kingpin. Something felt weird. Yeah, his entire like like the approach to his acting felt off and maybe it's just because he and Jesse correct me if I'm wrong here, just because I'm not as versed, I feel like, in the Netflix stuff as you are. Um, but it just kind of felt like his character wasn't in the right place. Like it literally felt like they copy and pasted one character from like a tone situation and kind of um, cadence and we're like, oh, this will make the fans happy. Let's take this guy and tell him he's playing his same character. And they took him and put him in there. And then either the writing wasn't clicking or his uh, depiction of that character wasn't, did, just didn't feel right. It just kind of felt like uh, oil and, you know, oil and water type thing. Like he wasn't supposed to be there, but was. Yeah, I think the problem was they are writing their own version of Kingpin that fits into this phase four series of okay. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I don't feel like he received any direction to pull him away from what he was doing on the Netflix series. So, yeah, you very much do have an, an oil and water situation where it's just not going to mix. Okay. And I don't like, I guess we'll, we'll just talk about Kingpin for a yeah. minute. <laughs> but uh, I always, and, you know, adaptations and portrayals vary from, you know, uh, medium to medium. So 
you know, correct me if I get anything wrong, Michael, but I always think of Kingpin as kind of, you know, this, uh, this uh, mastermind in the background who this kind of not a puppet master, though he is pulling the strings of a lot of things that are going on, but he is going to get all the muscle. He is going to control all the main players and work with these various villains and gangs and what have you to accomplish his motives. And he is not going to very often make himself accessible to just regular people. Mm -hmm. And then he is also not going to do his own dirty work very often. So when you have Fisk finally revealing himself to Daredevil in the Netflix series after, you know, a number of episodes, at that point, the story is building towards, you know, a showdown between what is supposed to be, you know, one of the, one of the pinnacle street level heroes against this puppet master who has a mean streak to say the least. And it's, it's more, it feels more grand and has more of a showdown aspect to it rather than Kate Bishop tangling with this guy who just looked like he walked out of the Copacabana and <laughs> might be slightly tipsy. <laughs> it is completely different. I did. I don't, I mean, if he's going to wear that attire, that's whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not far off from stuff he's worn in the comics, whatever. But Kingpin should always be menacing and he should always be, you know, smart enough to know he's not going to put himself in a situation where he's going to risk being caught or apprehended. And he's very much not going to get his ass kicked by a, a first time hero and embarrassed like that. And I yeah. felt... They really did him dirty, and it's really disappointing to me, not just for, you know, the actor and the character from the Netflix show, but I think of Kingpin as being, like, a big bad in the animated Spider-Man TV right. show from the mm -hmm. 90s. I, I think of him from Into the Spider-Verse, where he fucking, you know, spoiler alert, but he fucking kills Spider-Man <laughs> at the beginning of that movie. He's not supposed to be a guy that you make, you know, that a first time hero can make their name off of without it truly being earned. And in this case, I felt like they just kind of, they just threw it in and now it's ruined his mystique and his, his appeal as a villain. Right. And, and I'm glad you said, I think that's what I wanted to talk to you about the most was kingpin of it all. Cause it just, nothing set right with me. Like it just felt forced and unearned yeah. and especially like, I haven't seen all Netflix shows, but I feel like the Netflix shows were paced a lot slower than these Disney Plus shows for like obvious reason. Like the Disney Plus shows seem to be trying to like rush through, you know, things for like, adventure. Yeah. Whereas the Street series kind of seemed like get to know these characters. I again, I didn't see them all, but like get to know the characters like slow kind of burn, and it felt like they were just throwing this in there just to have somebody throw in there. I, I you know, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't as necessary like i think we had enough going on especially when um 
Yelena came back to like avenge Natasha. You know, like I feel like we could have steered away from the kingpin or like built up the kingpin for future use. It seemed like a waste overall. Well, yeah, and, it, and on top of all that, he's not even smart. I mean, they yeah. talk, <laughs> they talk so much about oh well, he's trying not to draw attention to himself. Da da da. And here he is pulling one of his business partners out of a car on the streets where anybody could see him. And it's like, dude, you are the worst fucking kingpin I've ever seen. What what are you doing? Yeah. And this also is everything I ever wanted to hear from you, Jesse. You're making, <laughs> making I was day. I was so frustrated, man, because it it especially right now where we don't really have a current big bad in the MCU while we're waiting for them to finally point to whatever the hell they're doing with the multiverse and Kang the Conqueror. But this is an opportunity to like have a villain that people were excited to see again in your universe. And you can make that work tonally and still, you know, satisfy those audiences. But instead now it's, he's already been, he, he got jobbed out twice basically in that last episode now he's nothing yeah i think this is the common problem we're seeing we we consistently come back to i feel like uh is marvel disney kevin feige's grand plan is that we throw in these villains that i understand movies and comics are different you can't just it's not like a monthly thing where you're getting the villains back every every so often and all this type of stuff but it just constantly feels like we blow our load on these great villains by doing some sort of half-baked type story about them sort of underdeveloped under um appreciated character and then we throw them out there there they get the fans riled up and be like oh it's kingpin how cool like oh you know like again back to uh, uh, I texted you guys because I saw the the uh, Thor uh, trailer two or whatever that, that just came out, and they have Gore the God Butcher in there. And I was I saw that, and I'm instantly like, God, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna ruin this. They're gonna make him a one shot movie here uh, villain, and that's gonna be it. And here we're doing the exact same thing with this Hawaiian uh, kingpin, which I'm going through a bunch of art here. I am only finding references to him wearing a Hawaiian shirt when it's <laughs> referencing this, this series. I can't find anything else really that he's always dressed to the nines. And that's the terrifying part. Also it's in fucking insulting. This guy goes against goes toe to toe so many times with these, with other superheroes. There's an entire moment where he is um, uh, in Spider-Man uh the the whole like uh so end of civil war one more day arc uh all that type of stuff where he and peter parker go toe-to-toe while he's in prison and he gets his ass handed to him by peter parker but still he's going against spider-man and is still getting in blows and he's like ridiculously strong and then he gets just nuked by uh, arguably a good character i do like this this kate bishop this hawkette uh, this uh, all new Hawkeye. She has like seven different names. Um, and uh, she just like, I like, it's a little bit of a struggle. Oh no, is she going to win? And then she just tanks on him and it's just dumb. And I don't, and, and we, admittedly, we don't know that he's dead because they pull away at the last moment when uh, Echo like does whatever she's going to do. But also 
you know, if they never bring him back, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, he's dead in that alley. And that's cool. We lost one of the greatest like masterminds that can be a reoccurring villain that kind of runs off in the side. Just like I said, when we talked about Black Widow, Taskmaster, just kind of being a person that's consistently there, just not always in the foreground. So it, it felt so much like a home alone fight at the end. <laughs> he's, he's just tossing her around. You're starting to get on my nerves. And then uh, she uses one of her trick arrows. And I want to fucking talk about the trick arrows in a second. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she uses one of those. And then it's it's just over. And it's it was so Disney-fied and so disappointing. And I hate this rationale that you can't have like mature you know interesting like adult oriented stories with you know without all the gore and the violence of the netflix series or with you know a, a more p like a pg rating and it's like yeah you fucking can <laughs> you know you we've seen that in the mcu before where you guys have been able to be serious and you know still you know not scare off the kids but when you do shit like this, you're not only ruining characters, you're also undercutting all of your own dramatic tension that you're mm -hmm. trying to establish. And why the fuck should I care? If that's all you're going to do. I, I can go watch a Hallmark movie and right. get the same <laughs> the same experience from something. I mean, for lack of a better comparison, like I feel like they could have used, and maybe they did in the other series, they could use Kingpin as like a, a, a Thanos of the street people, right? Like he's using other villains to do his bidding and trying to get the job done before he like steps in like he could have had some like yes. build up right where like, like thanos like we had a whole you know two or three phases or whatever of that build up he, and it he, just seemed like he, he yeah. should have had as much if not less screen time than charlie cox did and uh <laughs> like that's it that's all we should have seen yeah, it's mean, a nice cameo right yeah yeah I mean, and also, Kevin, to that point, uh, I'm going to give give a better example uh, or not. Sorry, not a better example, but another no, please, example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the 90s cartoon did that exact thing. Yes. Yeah. How Maybe many that's times? What I'm thinking of. Yeah. How many times did Kingpin like hire somebody else, push something else, was part of this back? Yes, he was always there. And Spider-Man and him like there were several times like Peter got close. But because of like the situation, he was never able to like truly uh, like take him down quote unquote and that's what we should have seen here is that hawkeye was like oh it's the track suits oh blah blah blah. they're they're working for fisk and he's like oh curses fisk uh i don't you know it's just it's irritating because now we're, not, we're again we're losing on a, on a great villain because we have to you know we're, we're like essentially dating all the way back to the the movie code ethics where it was like, Oh, well, if there's a bad guy in your movie, they have to be punished by the end because that's the only way we can make moral entertainment. And I mean, there's just so many better ways to do than what they did. But I mean, even when Hawkeye is telling Kate, Oh yeah, you walked away from the Kingpin and a fight and, you know, didn't get killed. That's something to be really proud of. And it's like, well, it didn't really feel like she was ever about to be killed. It felt like she was just kind of Tom and Jerry in the situation and then ultimately figured it out. And that was all, all that was really at stake there. So, yeah, it's, and it's frustrating. I mean, 
And, and what's frustrating about this is, like I said, like I feel like the series was actually better than it had any right to be. Yeah. And we're all getting caught up on this Kingpin thing. And it makes me happy because that's what I got caught up on. But, like, you know, if you take that out or, like Jesse said, you leave it as a cameo, I feel like you have a pretty complete, like, interesting enough, like, series. You know, like, you don't – it's not perfect by any means. It's not the most entertaining, but – it fits and it's like a nice, you know, ho uh, holiday, um, you know, kind of TV, the, the, the diehard of the MCU, if you will, you know, the, the, the Christmas <laughs> story. Like um, you, you already had the track suits and Yelena yeah. and Echo as <laughs> yeah, plenty going on. Yeah. yeah. In six episodes. And now we want to rush in a kingpin fight at the very end on top of all that. What's wrong with you guys? Come on, yeah. God, this feels so good to hear. You I'm so grateful. It's so uh, well because, yeah. like, I so I saw it, and again, I did not know that that was the dare. You know, the guy, the same actor. And when when I went online to look afterwards, because I was just flabbergasted at it. It seemed like the reception was mostly positive, but I maybe at the time it was just because people were excited. You know, in the moment. Yeah. Um, maybe retroactively, people have kind of been like, "Ah, eh, it's not the greatest use of him." But I was just driven crazy. I was like, "This is not what." <laughs> This does not make any sense to me. It seems like a huge waste. So well, I mean, this the kingpin in that show was very well spoken and articulate and had that fucking just intense, like lethal level of rage simmering beneath, but was almost always businesslike on the surface. And he's not gonna do anything in public to fucking reveal himself unless he's ready. And, you know, this Kingpin and Hawkeye can't even, you know, navigate a toy store without losing a fight, apparently. <laughs> Whereas Netflix Kingpin is going to rip a fucking dude's head off using a car door because he embarrassed him in front of a girl that he is fond of. <laughs> and it's just, it's not, so when you say, Kevin, I, I, I can't believe it, it doesn't seem like the same guy. It's because it's not. It, it feels like a completely different character. Interesting. I also... This whole episode... That whole last episode just needed a script doctor, Michael. Because <laughs> fucking Vera Farmiga, who is an intense actress and is really talented, and I'm, I'm terrified of her in a lot of things that she's been <laughs> in. But, uh, like, she gets, like, arrested in this and has that line... Is this what heroes do to their, you know, have their mothers arrested on Christmas? It's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Was, and I mean, you have trick arrows that are balloons and like. Oh, yeah. Wait, please go off on your trick arrows. I want to hear this. Well, they. they... Or, do you have a problem with all trick arrows or the. Oh, no, this... I don't mind when the arrows do things, but. <laughs> When they're like just inflatable balloons, essentially, and these guys in tracksuits are bouncing across the screen, and it almost feels like it's 2009 again, and I should be watching this in 3D. Um, it's just shit like that. Is it? It's it's played like a joke where it should just be something that's part of his artillery. It's kind of fun and cool, but like not something I should be laughing at necessarily. 
Yeah, I don't. I always struggle with the trick arrows. Um, this is turning into a Jesse bitch fest. So. No, I love it. I'm, I'm hey, it doesn't, it, so it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I always struggle with the trick arrow thing just because it is, um, it's, it's, it, like, it just it baffles me that like there's so many like super lethal options, and then like every once oh. in a while they'll just like and this is a very this is a green arrow thing i know it's a heavy green arrow thing but like they'll throw in like a punching glove type arrow um yeah. and it's just like oh all right um like cool <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean it, not to get not not to spoil anything coming up but like there's there's a part in what if where <laughs> there's a very where where like hawkeye is fighting off like a team of the ultron bots or whatever and he uses a trick arrow to like contain them and then eventually he can't contain them and he's falling to his death and he uses a trick arrow to blow them all up and i'm like why didn't you grab the one to blow them all up first like why did you try to like these aren't these aren't sentient beings like these are these are robots that you're trying to kill and then yeah you know i i guess in this in this show they specifically said like sometimes he doesn't even know what he's grabbing which it's that doesn't not... seem very efficient, and Which... it doesn't seem accurate. Like he, I, he always seems to know what he's doing. Like he, he, yeah, you know, like he, he's good with the, like he knows exactly what he's doing with his arrows. It just seems strange to be like, oh, what does this one do? Which then kind of yeah, it goes against like the whole like we saw him in um, Avengers where he was sitting up on the building and you see him how he's like how he does the trick arrows, which was really cool and innovative. It's like oh, his quiver like he like knows what the thing is, and so then it just goes. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it just the trick arrows are always a a, a sticking point in my suspension no. of disbelief. It's sometimes really hard for me to get past that because it is like, what would that work? Okay, cool. Yeah, I you know, cool. You put a a pin particle on the end of an arrow and shot an entire car, and that shrank the entire car. Well, I have to give that back to Scott. I I didn't like them very much. I didn't really like any of those last fights at all you know other even other than the kingpin uh kate one um and i it's so disappointing to me too because you have you know two two female characters with some trauma who have very personal motivations for what they're trying to do here and i think that's great you know in our last episode i talked about I wanted more small scale stories and I was like, well, this is great. This, this is what I was looking for. And then to kind of just stumble the finish line, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. I think both um, for reference, Kate Bishop and echo um, are really great. Um, are pretty solid female characters. I think echo is the first Marvel deaf hero or a villain, if I remember correctly. Like um, in the that's comics? Or? In the comics, yeah, that, like, really utilizes that whole compass, like, that. that's, like, part of her bigger character. Um, well, said, yeah. like, in the MCU, there's another deaf character, the Turtles. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that actress, um, she was also born deaf, mm -hmm. and she's an amputee with a prosthetic lid. So yeah. that's all real. Right. Yeah. And that's like the big part of it is that to, you know, I always, I always chastise uh, Marvel and, uh, and Disney. And we'll talk about here with the what if stuff um, where they're like, oh, we're like, look how progressive we are. We have, you know, two, 
we have two gay moms in this uh in, in in this disney movie and and in this marvel movie and definitely can't be altered or edited out that they aren't actually moms in china um yeah you know i always call them on that type of stuff or like making loki like uh non-binary like that doesn't count he was he was non-binary in the you know in norse mythology way before you guys did anything with him so i do have to pay them props for actually getting an actress who can fully embody that type of um character because they've lived that experience so i mean yeah. props to them on that at least yeah don't pander to people just cast actors who can provide actual representation what a concept. Uh, we're crazy, <laughs> right? Um, the only other thing I, I wanted to touch on um, was Pizza Dog. Pizza Dog was great. I loved the dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was totally cute. I forgot about that. What? He's so adorable, though. No, I know. I, I love it. I just, <laughs> like I said, they, they, they was, it was going so good, and they threw so much in there. Yeah. There's things I forgot about. Yep. Yeah. I, I was enjoying it quite a bit. I hated that last episode. I, I guess Hawkeye's conclude. I I forgot to mention I liked the Ronin storyline. Got some more development. Oh yeah. After they just kind of threw that in for five minutes and end game because they didn't have time to actually do anything with it. Um, I'd like to see see the, the, these story threads being advanced was encouraging to me, and I I liked the characters. I hated that last episode. I'm scared what's going to happen with Kingpin. I'm afraid I've talked for too long, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see what's we'll see what they do. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you guys ready to move on? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh. I, th I think you uh, need to get an answer to that question you've been asking, Michael. So actually, before we get there, I just want to share one thing. One of my favorite. Um, comic book things uh there is just really briefly there's a whole thing about like obviously heroes like hawkeye the name uh, has gone to like several different characters and um it happens all, like you know there's technically in 616 comics books there's uh peter parker spider-man and then there's uh miles morales spider-man and they just go both got go wow both go by spider-man um so like naming uh, things and like Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, that type of stuff. So they like names change as titles go around. Um, and at one point, there's a kind of a funny interaction between Spider-Man and uh, Clint, uh, where he was like previously, I, can't, I think he was retired or he was Ronan. I can't remember exactly in the storyline, but essentially um, Kate Bishop is Hawkeye. Like she's called Hawkeye. It was a title that was given. Oh, he was dead. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> he was dead. <laughs> and like they gift like they gave kate bishop the title of hawkeye as like kind of an honorary like being like you know you're you can you know this is a mantle you can pick up we you know you will honor his legacy type stuff and it was like kind of a big thing time went past surprise surprise clint wasn't actually dead he came back to life blah 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 comic books um and so he was just like nope she can keep the title i'll do something else and so he was that for a while and then eventually she was like i'm done doing this and stopped being hawkeye and clint was like all right i'll be hawkeye again and spider-man like one day where they were like interacting in something and he was just like wait so you were so you're hawkeye now and he goes yeah and he's like but last week you weren't hawkeye and he goes yeah 
that was Kate. And he goes, but, but now you are. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so, that doesn't make sense. You can't just suddenly change your name. And he's like, um, and then Clint was like, well, we can't all have the same brand recognition as Spider-Man. <laughs> and so that was like the, like the whole joke that they did. So right. gotta love Spider-Man. He's always a, always a great character to have around. Right. That's I mean, like Hawkeye is not a gender gendered name, right? Like anybody yeah. could have the the title of Hawkeye. Like it's not it's not Hawk Guy. Yeah. Hawkeye. I, I so do, good uh, to, good to know because it was yeah. I think they're making a joke about what they would call her, but yeah, it is you know if if Clint's not in the picture, it could be like Black Panther or or Green Lantern or whatever. Mm-hmm. Although and, I mean I know Green Lantern is more complicated. Than that. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I do like that. Even his wife was dunking on him. You know, because he's got his hearing aid, and she says, "Good thing you're called Hawkeye, not Hawk Ear." <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that was my little bit. Thank you guys for humoring me. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, Kevin, what if? What if what? <laughs> what if we move on to what if? Yeah, <laughs> animated series that came out before Hawkeye. We're just moving backwards here. Yeah. Yeah, this is really timely, this uh, 2022 update <laughs> on the 2021 shows. No, uh, okay, so I, I caught up on What If in the last two days. Um, nine episodes, only 30 minutes long, so it wasn't too bad. And um, overall, I, I mean, I actually definitely enjoyed myself. Um, I I feel like, you know, it it was a cool thing to like, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of comic precedent here, but none that i know of so it was really cool to see you know writers be given like kind of a blank check on these characters and and almost like their action figures um and say like you know you play with these characters what do you want to do um like nothing's off limits and i felt like you know it was kind of a nice little version of the mcu where characters could die and and they died quite a lot there was a lot of death here and it was almost kind of like the writers were getting at their aggressions of the real MCU where, you know, nobody can die unless it's at the end of a 20 movie, you know, uh, arc, a story arc, and they get a, give a great sacrifice, you know, like they definitely were able to play a lot more. Um, I don't know if you want to go through like episode by episode, because like, I definitely have notes on everything, but like, I, I feel like while I was watching it, um, I, I, I thought it was going to be more, I, I know there's a second season apparently in the works, so I, I thought it was going to be more like Easy, which is a Netflix TV show that does a similar thing where like every episode's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they pick up on it later in the season with the same characters, but sometimes they wait till season two or season three to pick up on where they left off. And it might only be like a two or three episode arc i kind of thought that's where they're going because in the beginning they left a lot of things open um but you know like my dumbass should have known that they were gonna pull it all together at the end into a big story and, and i thought it was really cool i thought it was fun it was you know it definitely picked up speed when we got to the what if ultron one episode or whatever it's called um but i also thought it was kind of funny that like in the end if you look at this series it is really kind of like everything that phase one, two, and three, or, or whatever the Thanos phases were, it's it was kind of doing the same thing, just on a multiverse level, where it was, and instead of Thanos, it was Ultron. It was basically like, if Ultron won and got all the Infinity Stones, then we'd have to get 
this team of Avengers together, you know, called the Avengers of the Multiverse or whatever, to take him down. And he has all the stones. But yeah, instead of Thanos, it was it was Ultron. Um, so it's just funny that like they tried to do something really different and then kind of ended up in the same place. And maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Or maybe that's just how these stories work. Um, but I, I mean, I, I thought it was it, it was fun. There was a lot of there was a lot of fun elements. It's hard to like. I definitely have notes where I'm frustrated, like where Ultron just takes care of Thanos in like half a second. Like even though Thanos had all the stones, or at least most of them, maybe he was missing one. But he he just like laser beamed him out of existence, and I was like, okay, this doesn't seem like how you know how is that possible? But then he has trouble <laughs> taking down these other characters. But they definitely made it clear like every universe, every multiverse has its own rules. You know, we're kind of making it up as we go. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm interested to hear Michael talk about this because of that. Like, it seems like there's less to quibble on, like, the details of, like, would this character do this? You know, what were these characters' motivations? Is this character really stronger than that character? And it seems like it's more supposed to be just, like, (laughs) you know, a self-contained, like, wild adventure. But it is also you know, and I guess this was 2021. So it was also like kind of a preview of where they're going with phase four of like multiverse chaos. Um, again, I'll, I'll digress, but like I, I, there, cause I have a lot to say about like individual episodes. If you want to talk about it or, you know, give me your overview, but it was fun. It was, it was fun. It, it had its rough moments for sure. Um, I didn't love the Peggy Carter episode, but I loved how she came through later in the series. Um, yeah. It's funny you say that thing about Thanos because I thought it was great that he came to get the last stone and Ultron just goes, oh, that's interesting. Okay, but if that, so if that's possible, and again, I know different multiverses, different rules, but then why didn't like Vision just do that to Thanos and and our, you know, on on, on our planet? Like, and I know Vision isn't the same exactly as Ultron, but he had the same stone. Like, why did, like, why was it so easy and not so easy? Well, I, but again, I think that's not the point of the series, so I'm trying no, to step I, away from that. I, I didn't really think of it in the context of, well, what would have been possible in the live-action uh, stories, because this, to me, was just, I mean, I guess in that context, what if Ultron basically could just murder and annihilate pretty much anyone he wanted to? Yeah, I mean, if anything, this convinced me that, like, if Ultron is a real villain, then he absolutely would have won and, and ruined and defeated the entire universe. Like even at the end when they like contained him into the bubble or what, I, it still doesn't matter. Like, I feel like Ultron would have always won no matter what, like that's my biggest takeaway. Like, yeah. Oh. If he decides to eliminate the universe, the universe will get eliminated. <laughs> it was almost like they were trying to, you know, redeem themselves a little bit for Ultron. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, if we didn't care about money, we would have had Ultron ruin the MCU and then we would have ended everything there. Everyone's we would have dead. never gotten Endgame and everyone would have been none the wiser. I mean, I think, Kevin, you're touching on like some of the, the interesting parts and why I love the what if. Just like the, the you know, sit and ponder what if um, part of the what if series because it does... It is both a wonderful um, testing ground for new ideas, I feel like, in the comic book setting. And now subsequently here in um, uh, the cinematic universe that is, you know, the MCU type stuff. Um, 
and also to be able to play around with characters and see wh what would be really things uh, or what would be storylines that they would interact with. And actually, really quickly, do you guys want to play a quick game? Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course. I've pulled up a bunch of the what if comics, um, and I'm going to list off three. So I'll do three of them at a time. We'll do two groups of this. Um, three what ifs. Uh, two of them are real. One of them is one I've just made up, and you have to tell me which one is the fake one. Okay. Yes. Do you want? Is are we both guessing on each one, or is yeah? Yeah, you both can guess on each one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the first one is uh, the first group of them. We'll do uh, a Spider-Man themed one because this is fun. Uh, what if? Okay. What if J. Jonah Jameson? had adopted Spider-Man. That's your first option. The second one is, what if Peter Parker never dated Mary Jane? Your third one is, what if Spider-Man had kept his six arms? Can I use a lifeline? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, I'll guess first if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, <laughs> I was confident. <laughs> I thought you were ready. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to say ah, the first one. Uh, what if Spider-Man had been adopted by J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, that would be my guess, I guess, too. Ooh, I'm sorry, guys. You are incorrect. Damn that it. hit. Is it the six Actually, arms, really? No, it is. What if, uh, if Spider-Man never dated Mary Jane? Wow. Uh, there's a very similar one, uh, which is why I kind of did it. There's what if, uh, what if Gwen Stacy never died, um, which kind of deals around that whole uh, experience. So, but yes, uh, there is uh, a what if storyline where what if J. Jonah Jameson adopted Spider-Man? <laughs> and it, it, it's titled "Adopted Spider-Man" and not "Adopted Peter Parker." Yep, it's titled okay. that. <laughs> okay, I thought it'd be like. Ah, okay. I thought you slipped because I was like, you'd adopt Peter Parker, not Spider-Man. Nope. It's Unless he all... really wants those photos of Spider-Man. He's like, well, <laughs> if I adopt him, I get all the photos I want. Yeah. So he, he and then the comic, if I, if I remember the synopsis clearly, it was, um, he, he does adopt uh, Peter Parker and then it's like subsequently he becomes Spider-Man and all that type of stuff. All right. Uh, so next group is... Um, Jesse, you have to go first on this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this one doesn't really have a theme. I was just I pulled. Uh, uh, I just pulled two more. Um, so uh, the first one is: uh, What if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? Uh, <laughs> next one is: What if uh, Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, fought on the side of? Fu Manchu. And the last one is what if Miss Marvel never became Captain Marvel? There's some varying extremes that you provided <laughs> me with there. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the first one. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay. You're going with the Wolverine vampire thing. I'm going with the Miss Marvel one. 
You, those are you guys' final answers? Yeah. I guess. Locking them in. <laughs> Locking them in. Well, congratulations, Kevin. You got it correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Jesse, the what if is a real one. What if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? <laughs> Man, I ask myself that all the time. Uh, which is interesting enough because it is based off of a uh, comics. Uh, the uncanny where uh, I think storm gets uh, bitten by a vampire. If I remember correctly uh, and becomes blood storm for a period of time, because the, 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 <laughs> the comics are, comics are weird. Isn't there, is there a vampire character in them? in them in the Marvel comics? Oh, there's a bunch of them. I mean, Dracula is a real thing. Uh, mm. That's a whole other history. Like they couldn't like, talk about that. I think there's something else that I'm uh, Morbius, you know, that Morbius. thing. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I never saw that movie. So. I mean, I don't think, I mean, no one has, that's the problem it. they're running to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's like kind of the fun things. Like those are the questions. Those are the ponderies of the, what if series, it can be something as uh, critical as what if, um, uh, you know, Spider-Man had married black cat. Um, Admittedly, there is a comic saying, what if Spider-Man had never married Mary Jane? So I was kind of kind of cheating you guys a little bit on that mm. one. But um, there's but there's like so many other things. There's like, what if what if the Watcher saved the universe? Um, you know, what if Venom had possessed the Punisher? Uh, and those are like kind of crazy ones. But then there's also like ones that really get to the core of a story. Like, what if uh, the Punisher's family had never died? like his inciting incident as a being a character, what if that never happened, right? And like how that would affect everything. Um, spoiler alert for that comic that's, you know, decades old at this point. Uh, it just sucks to be Frank Castle. His family dies at the end of that anyways. Um, <laughs> so like Dr. Strange, Christine dying. Constantly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of those types of things. So that's like the fun part of, Thank you, for Kevin, for that segue of this series is that they're paying homage to some of those where it's even the fact that they, you know, you can't escape some of these what if questions. They're always going to happen to you because that's what's going to happen in your in your existence type stuff. So, yeah. Um, but then, like, there's other things like I talked about it being a proving ground for theory or for um, concepts is one of the big what ifs and early on in the series too uh i think it was in the first run of them the first volume in the 1970s and early 1980s was what if jane foster had found the hammer of thor which is exactly what we're going to see in love and thunder essentially is you know thor jane foster before uh you know she became Thor again later in the comics more recently. So it's just an interesting thing that they were able to ponder these ideas, ponder these thought processes, see what people thought of it, and then kind of like be like, okay, well, we're going to actually make this a um, an actual thing because it's fun. So, right. And I, I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun overall. Like, I think it's nice to get away. And I mean, I know there's precedent in the What If series, but it's nice to get away from having to stick to things and just ask these questions. I, and I think it was fun that they brought it all together at the end. I don't also, I also don't think they needed to, like they really could have just been one-offs or like I said, continued later at a later date. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun, and it's uh, like it took me a second to get into it, and then once I got used to like the animation and everything, I had a lot of fun. And I, I, I do think the voice acting actually had a pretty big impact. I think like most of the characters retain their voice actors, with the notable exceptions of like Tony Stark and Black Widow, <laughs> um, and Captain America. I guess you know like the main three, but like a lot of the other voices that came in, I, I feel like the strongest episodes were the ones with the actual actors as the the voice acting. I think every other episode that didn't have them, they were a little distracting. I mean, that's nitpicky, but, you know, that's how I felt. I mean, you say that, and I think this is actually, um, they were talking about that uh, during episode two, is that this was some of the, the writers didn't realize that they were essentially writing some of the last lines that um, uh, Chadwick Boseman would say as t- uh, T'Challa. So... Like that, right. there was, and there was one about death that he said that like got me, and I wish oh, I'd yeah. written it down. But it was yeah. it was a beautiful line. Do you guys want to talk a, about? They what... an, and they also had a nice tribute at the end of episode. I think it was two where they yeah, just that's said, the one. Yeah, where it was if Black Panther uh, was Star Lord essentially, which I actually thought was a very great episode. But yeah, they had a nice little tribute at the end that seemed more intentional and meaningful. The most yeah do you guys want to talk about what your what your favorite episode was or like a favorite moment from it type thing sure <laughs> um, no you only I want mean... to talk about stuff that made us angry <laughs> <laughs> no jesse uh, that's normally my job well well shoes on the other foot today i guess <laughs> um i i did like seeing more of characters particularly villains who only got to be in one movie or one thing like Ultron and Killmonger. I thought it was fun to get to spend more time with them. So it's definitely one takeaway I had. (laughs) My, yeah, my favorite episode is really hard because like I noted a couple that felt like the most, like the movies that I was like really enjoying, like, I mean, I felt like the Black Panther Star Lord like fit in as a as definitely better than most. I feel like the kill Tony Stark was an interesting blend of Iron Man and Black Panther. Like it was almost like they kind of meshed the two movies together, and I thought it was interesting to have Killmonger in there and his motivation being, you know, standing up for his people um, and and against his oppressors. Uh, I think my favorite rant, I, I think the dead Avengers one was a lot of fun. Just like, I feel like they did a lot of good, you know, they pulled stuff straight from the movies, like scenes that like, I recognize that were straight from even the incredible Hulk movie. Um, and just seeing them animated and then slightly twisted were a lot of fun. I don't know if I love the, the twist of it being, Hank Pym getting revenge. I was a little confused about <laughs> that, but like the flow of it was good. I re- I did like in the zombie movie that they somehow got like a Futurama reference in there with Ant Man, <laughs> like where he has like the severed head, and like I was surprised nobody made a joke that it was a, uh, a Futurama reference, but it, it had to have been. Just seeing him uh, talk as a severed head was. Uh, was a lot of fun and also seeing him try to like make a positive of the situation <laughs> as they're flying off like after everybody has died except spider-man and 
I don't remember who else was with him. Um, was was interesting, and and they also had, there was, you know, watching Bucky basically Darth Maul, Captain America, zombie was, you know, cutting him in half off the train was fun. I, I there was so many little fun, random moments. Um, I don't know what my favorite one was, but yeah. I did really. I really liked the Doctor Strange episode. Ah, see, I like, I struggle. I, I just, I do not connect with Doctor Strange. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I guess it was, it was fun to see the, I, I like when they do these things where they go back in time and try to change time and time is like stuck and, and you know, it's, it's um, stubborn and doesn't let you, but like by the end of it and there's two of them, I, I just, maybe it's just because I just saw the Doctor Strange movie. It just felt like not my thing <laughs> but i think i have an anti-doctor strange bias growing in me and i don't know what that's from well i'm usually that same way with them and we've talked about it on this show but i uh yeah for whatever reason that really that worked with me i don't know if it was just because of the way maybe it was the animation and i connected him with him more on an emotional level than i have the live action stuff i I don't know, but I, I really liked that arc, and I like, you know, kind of the the path that it took him down. And it actually, I think, is part of the reason I thought Multiverse of Madness was kind of disappointing because I felt well, things got a little more trippy in this episode than it did in that entire movie. When I wonder if that's why you also liked it more was because I like noted that it's almost the same idea as the multiverse, <laughs> except for instead yeah. of Wanda, you know, being uh, uh, grief having grief over vision it's him having grief over christine and doing everything he can to the edge of reason you know and the the at the threat of the entire multiverse to get christine back like i felt like oh this is kind of like the same thing i just saw but since i had seen it you know in 2022 and you'd seen it in 2021 before the movie you probably flipped on it where you're like well cool this movie was good but like the animated version did it better in a way yeah i i think that that's probably a real thing uh but yeah i i like that one um i honestly the ultron arc was probably my favorite just because he is a meta villain as michael refers to him as and actually had justice done to him for how powerful he can become rather than you know in the movie where you know what did he really do other than you know drop an island you know, or... <laughs> not even a landmass. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Um, I, so I think my favorite was probably, and to kind of piggyback on some of this stuff, uh, I, the T'Challa becoming star Lord one was really great. Um, I did love seeing Killmonger again, uh, you know, rescue Tony Stark was really fun. And then, um, I'm a sucker for the Marvel zombies, uh, comics. Uh, I just love the idea behind them. And I also love like um, it's an entire series, uh, which is also going to be a Disney plus animated show. So I wonder if this kind of helped guide them that that mm -hmm. one uh, the episode five, the what if zombies um, episode. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's funny you're talking about like Hank Pym uh, and the severed head. I think it might be a reference to some, uh, to, to something else, but I think it also might be a reference to um, that actually happens to Hawkeye in uh, the Mo Marvel Zombie comics, and he gets like left on the planet, 
and um, like a bunch of humans come back to the planet after like the uh, zombies like eat everything. And he's just like, I'm lonely. I'm not that hungry anymore. Someone just please talk to me. I've been down here forever by myself. Um, so I wonder if that was like kind of a reference to the comics itself too. Nice. Um, but yeah. The I, only thing that drove me crazy about the zombie episode was when Wasp made herself giant to like carry them around the zombies. And then like, as she's getting taken down, she doesn't like, is there a time period that she can't shrink herself? Like, why doesn't she just return to normal? Like I was like, obviously like this is Chekhov's giant, you know, <laughs> like zombie that's going to come back and hurt them. And then sure enough, they did. But I'm like, come on, like just push the button and, and, and shrink. But it, yeah, it, different multiverse. Maybe there's a time limit. I don't know. <laughs> See that? What, what a good comic book fan you are, Kevin. Being like, "Fine, I'll just write it off." <laughs> well, it. that's what this. I mean, Whatever. The show like forces you to because there's a bunch of moments where you're like, and, and, and like they didn't talk about it until I think there's the last episode when they were like, "Oh, different multiverse, different rules." Because I was a little also frustrated with Ultron like having all the stones, yeah, and like not using them like Thanos did. I was like, "Can't you like freeze time or rewind?" Like, isn't there all these tricks that he had and like you know you can make <laughs> illusions and he and and Ultron was just like not using them as much, but then they threw it in at the end, and I'm like, fine, I won't, I won't voice my complaint, even though I am right now. <laughs> just to your friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I Wait, think that's what. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I was just saying. I think it's just interesting that um, you also talked to Kevin about like the whole Doctor Strange thing and not really feeling like it was you're like wait didn't we already just do this with the movie um i was actually kind of disappointed they didn't like they had a perfect opportunity to tie it in to this what yeah. if where yeah. they had a doctor strange who was literally like destroying the multiverse um they could have like had it be some sort of you know insert where he that he was broken out or had gone crazy again or something like that because you know technically at the end of it they um you know, he, he's quote unquote good, but like they could have semi tied it back into this animated thing, which would have been really fun and like cool for them to acknowledge this as part of like the official MCU canon in some way, shape or form. Right. But, like they, you know, they, they showed you, I, I can't quite remember, they had like a paint universe and like a spaghetti universe or something. Right. And yeah. this one, and then, you know, they definitely could have brought in like this animated quick universe of, of something. And I mean, like think even think about like Watchmen way back in the day when they had the comic within the comic and they and they integrated mm -hmm. that into the movie. I'm pretty sure unless that was just bonus content that I can't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure they integrated it in the movie. Like They could have integrated like, uh, yeah, like I see what you say, what you're saying. Like they could have worked it into it since they're playing with the multiverse and, and yeah, they could do whatever they want you're right it is it seems like a huge missed opportunity that we didn't see you know one of those two starks like or one of those two doctor strangers like coming into play there yeah and it's yeah that just feels weird to me because like they and you're saying like they went through like the paint universe and all those different ones there was a new uh noir universe and like another one which is like um a whole you know separate multiverse is the the marvel noir stuff which has it kind of set more in those like the gritty 1920s and it's more of like a noir uh like detective film and stuff like that so it's like they 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 were they toyed with the idea but that's i feel like sometimes they just don't they want they play it too safe and this is why i love the what if is because 
you don't have to worry about playing it too safe. You can do what you want to do and, you know, well, sucks. You know, oh, I'm sorry you didn't like the the Thor was uh, what if Thor was only an only child one because it just was kind of annoying and stupid and it was just Thor being an idiot. Yeah, that episode yeah. sucked. <laughs> right. I, mean, we, I feel like we got to ask ourselves as a human civilization, why do we love seeing Thor be imperfect? Like we love like fat Thor. We love party Thor, apparently. It, 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 that was such a bizarre little thing and, and he definitely got annoying at the end. Although I still think it was better than Thor 2 overall. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But like, I, yeah, I don't know why. We 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 just like party Thor, apparently. Yeah, we just like Thor. Like We like the idea of a god being ridiculous. Yeah. But, no, but like, to your point, like, what I'm frustrated by is like, I understand they want to play right. it safe, but like, we're also at the phase where we have these ridiculous multiverses like like they're already not like they're kind of conventionally not playing it safe already right like you know back in the day our our superheroes had a very straight origin story very straight focused villain and, and they triumphed right and now we're already at the stage of where we're like jumping through all these crazy dimensions and it seems like such a bad time to play it safe like you might as well like take the mask off and be as weird as possible and i think that's what i liked about like into the spider-verse you know, including like the noir Spider-Man and the spider pig or ham or whatever it was. And like the Japanese, like like they they, they had such strange inclusions and they weren't like afraid of it. Um, and it did seem like in Doctor Strange of all, you know, named things, they, they were definitely trying to be safer. And I agree with you. I feel like they could have gone off in this tangent of, and, and I guess I would have been a little frustrating for some audiences, but you, you could have summarized what happened in this on the screen. Like they kind of did for WandaVision in a way. I'm getting frustrated again by how sad I was about Doctor Strange too. But right, okay, but let's go back. Like, let's, what if was fun, right? We all what have if, fun wait, exactly. It? What if, what yeah. if what if was fun? And I'm excited that they're going to do another. They they say they're working on another series of it, which is great. Um, they're doing another animated what if, or not a what if, but they're doing an animated Marvel Zombies, which is again one of those crazy kooky multiverse type ridiculousness which i'm really excited about so ah, happy place happy place <laughs> yeah it's it's tough michael we all know but uh yeah what if it was fun it was it's perfect for just you know having on also and you don't have to be as invested as you are normally for mcu stuff like you can just have a good time <laughs> Can I, can I ask a really dumb question that doesn't have anything to do with anything? No, okay. In, at the, in, the, in the end episode, when they were like pulling together the, um, not the Guardians of Galoo, the Guardians of the Multiverse, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, Gar Guardians of the Multiverse. We did, did I accidentally skip an episode oh. where Gam Gamora was in it or something? Like, did I miss no. something? No. And, so and Gamora with a to uh, the, the Tony Stark the iron i don't know was that hulk iron i don't know what that was did i miss something or like why did we pull her in and then just like not ever talk about her yeah so like he, he i guess sorry really quick he didn't know it was gamora like killer of your father thanos like there was obviously a story there but why do we go there instead of like there's definitely other characters they could have picked up so um this unfortunately is a um a casualty of covid uh so there was supposed to be 10 episodes in this run uh mm. i can't i think it was supposed to be number what was supposed to be number nine 
was uh, what if uh, I can't remember if it was what if Tony got sucked uh, through the um, portal and got dropped on that planet that um, Ragnarok. What's that planet? Uh, oh, the, where they did the tournament or whatever. With the yeah, the collector. tournament. Um, not the collector. The whatever. The, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff, the, the Grandmaster. <laughs> Um, whatever. So it was, I can't remember if it's that's the what if, or if it's what if Gamora uh, killed Thanos. I think it's the first one. What if Tony got sucked to that planet? Um, so that's like what happened. So they just unfortunately couldn't do it because of the um, uh, co uh, because of COVID and everything else like that. So we just lost out on that episode. Okay. I, is, I mean, it's not my biggest complaint. I understand like you could have filler, mm -hmm. but I definitely thought she was like a sacrificial lamb or something. Cause they like, didn't have a, an actual story. And I was also like, you know, you could go back and there was some characters that I didn't pick up that they, I felt like they could have instead, but that makes a lot of sense. It definitely, yeah, they I was had just a whole, like, I was panicking. Cause you know, the Disney plus interface isn't great. And I was like, did I skip an episode? going through my notes and I'm like, I don't think I did. Yeah, it was supposed to have 10 and then they just, I was trying to see if I can pull up a synopsis of that episode. Um, but essentially, yeah, Gamora was, they were supposed to have their own whole episode for her. It's even in the, um, um, like some of the marketing, uh, there's even a Lego set, uh, completely based off of that episode because you were supposed to be able to build like the Hulk buster armor, um, that he was the champion of, uh, the the arena opposed to Hulk, and there's no episode associated with it. So they like made a Lego set, put out a Lego set, and everything, and then you didn't get to you know actually know what that Lego set was about. I did the exact same thing, Kevin, because I was like, okay. wait, hold on, what's going on here? Yeah, again, I didn't. I I honestly did not think it would have that much of an explanation. I just thought they were like, you know, put put somebody else on here and like let the people wonder. And I also thought maybe it'd be an episode in season two or something. But, it can, you know, it's kind of funny that they're like, Gamora, you've been chosen. Stark, not you. And they like, just moved on. <laughs> like, that was, I, I, I appreciated that. I mean, partly probably because they didn't have Robert Downey Jr. doing the voice. But also just, it was nice to, like, let Stark sit on the sidelines during this. Uh... Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. I also just thought it was interesting overall. I felt like there was a lot of, a lot of Black Panther, a lot of Captain Marvel, a lot of Hank Pym, not a lot, but I feel like they had like a big impact on everything overall. Um, and I just thought I found that interesting, like who they chose to kind of focus it on, like especially Black Panther, the Chadwick Bosman stuff. Like it's such a tragedy. Like they really seem to be enjoying playing with that character um, a lot, and it, and it sucks that they couldn't go forward with anything else. Obviously, um, but it was nice to like jump around and see some of these other characters there's also a, quite a few it felt like quite a lot of howard the duck i guess there's probably only three scenes <laughs> but more than i had ever expected and every time i saw seth green's name pop up on screen i'm like okay i guess howard <laughs> ducks in this one too i'm always i'm a, i'm i'm a fan of howard the duck when he pops up uh yeah they got so. the collector back in that was pretty mm -hmm. interesting all around, I think it's just so much fun to be able to see like these characters come back and back and back and stuff and be able to put different situations, even if it isn't, you know, a favorite character like uh, uh, Captain Carter and stuff like that for some people. I, I, OK, I like Captain Carter. I just didn't like the episode. It just was very, very, very much just Captain America painted over with it. But like later on, I was glad she was around and, and it made a lot more sense. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And her connection with Black Widow was interesting. Um, but yeah, I do I do find it funny that they had just had a whole episode of like basically what if Thor was in an 80s movie or 90s <laughs> movie, basically throwing a party at the house while his parents were gone. Like it wasn't my favorite, of course. It was dumb, but it was just like funny that they were like, like at least they were able to stretch their legs and, and have some fun with it. It definitely got old pretty quick. Like I feel like it was a quick joke, and then they continued with it. I I, I feel like they almost should have just gone full on like high school movie John Hughes, <laughs> you know, adaptation or something. And, and they got pretty close, but I can't believe they got some of the. I can't believe they got Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman to voice act some of those. I mean, you say that, but I mean, I'm that's why I'm always a, a big. Uh, praiser of like doing these types of like um serialized or like uh uh one-off uh <laughs> animated stuff because it's a lot easier to get some of these like big famous actors like hey do you want to come in like on like a one or two day thing and just record a bunch of lines for us and yeah. you can get paid this money and most of them i feel like because you see that so many of them go like yeah sure i'm gonna do like yeah i've got a day i can do that Right. let's go bust this out so I mean, i'm sure it's much more like hey uh we signed you up for seven movies what if we take the <laughs> money that we were going to spend on the seventh movie and pay you the same for yeah four lines of work here and they're like, cool all right i mean better than combat batch too like he was all like there was so many people all over it that i was and samuel jackson i mean so much that i was surprised about i did enjoy jeffrey wright as the voice of the watcher as well like very oh yeah calming you know, Twilight Zony kind of over narration that I found very enjoyable. Uh, Lindsay told me to stop doing like saying uh, like saying the mon his monologue with him because I didn't <laughs> skip it. She's like, "Can you please stop talk doing that?" And I was That's like, "It's so great! I love it! It's like from the comics. It's so good." Ah, uh, yes. That's how you know you've made it, Michael. <laughs> All right, I think we should wrap it up here, guys. <laughs> yeah, fine. We won't go episode by episode. No, sorry, Kevin. Uh, feel <laughs> free to season two. Yeah, maybe yeah, we can go back. Yeah, yeah season talk. two, we'll watch it on time and maybe actually like work through them because I do think every episode has a lot to, to talk about. Like it is fun. Um, yeah, and I have a lot of notes, but you know, I'll, I'll hold them. I'll hold them back. I mean, send them to Jesse. Maybe he can. Uh, Put them in some sort of written format and make sure that it looks good because if you send them to me i'm just going to paste it as normal so <laughs> copy and paste yes my notes are always publishable don't worry <laughs> all right um well kevin thanks so much for coming on for this two-parter we really appreciate and always love having you so thank you again yep thank you i look forward to having to talk about the zack snyder verse next <laughs> sure that's coming up oh yeah our or deep I, dive into the owls of galoo <laughs> for sure yeah that's next episode <laughs> perfect uh and on that i think we'll wrap it up here thank you so much for uh listening to hit the reel the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it uh we try to get this podcast out weekly usually on saturdays sometimes on sundays uh, depending on how much I'm doing that weekend. Um, if we got anything wrong, um, if you're mad at me because I technically cheated the boys on the uh, Peter Parker never never getting with Mary Jane, 
um feel free to let us know at hit the real podcast at gmail.com again that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh also feel free to take a look at our patreon in the description of the episode and uh hey like always keep it real Thank you.